Hello, and welcome to Business Talk, brought to you by Business West and Living Local. Hi, I'm Chris Kellogg from the Kellogg Crew Morning Show on 94.7 WMAS, and I'd like to introduce our host of Business Talk. He's the editor and associate publisher of Business West. Here's George O'Brien. Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine, but you knew that already. Uh, we have a great show for you today. Our guest is Carol Campbell. She is the president of Chicopee Industrial Contractors in Chicopee, obviously. Perhaps even more important, although maybe not more important, she is one of Business West Women of Impact for 2020. Um, you may have seen our event last week, our, our virtual event. Carol, congratulations to you. Uh, on being a woman of impact for 2020. Well, thank you, George, and thank you for um, thank you for inviting me here this morning. Um, a, a nice day, a good day for me, and I get to start my morning virtually with you. First, your success in business. I'm going to talk about Chicopee Industrial Contractors a little bit, but also because of your involvement in the community, and also because of the way that you've been advocating for women and girls over the last many years. This has become a, a passion of yours, if I can use that word. Uh, but let's talk first about your business that's decidedly different uh, as far as businesses that are women-led. Can we get a kind of a quick synopsis of how you got into this business and, and how you've been able to grow it over the years? Sure, sure. I feel I've told over uh, 29 years this February. Actually, in two weeks will be 29 years, so I feel I've told my story a lot. But um, it was 1992, and uh, um, things were very different back then. Well, were they really? We had high workers' comp at that time. Um, but uh, three businesses had gone out of business in the Chicopee area, three riggers. Uh, so um, I was in a position. My dad had died. I talk about taking risks and um, decided that uh, I wanted to leave my job at the University of Massachusetts and go out and see what I could do on my own. So my business degree and um, no fear <laughs> and uh, hired a ready-made um, team of employees of which um, I still have two with me uh, 29 years later. So uh, it's not, uh, I didn't grow up playing with Tonka toys. Um, it wasn't my lifelong passion, but it, for the last 29 years, it has been my passion and it has uh, um, been my my goal to not only run a good business and uh, provide the highest quality of service that we can we can provide that's available, but also to provide a safe work environment for a group of individuals. Um, and I think that is, uh, uh, that's where I take a lot of pride. Um, we provide the skills, the toy, the tools for our team to do what they need to do um, in the field. Um, but we also provide the environment for them to, to mm -hmm. grow and feel safe. Now, for those who don't know, this is a rigging company. Uh, you work with a lot of manufacturers, moving machines in and out, um, helping companies move. Um, I don't know if I really want to use this phrase, but I guess I will. This was, and in many ways still is, a man's world. Uh, there are not many women in this field. Was it, was it difficult for you when you broke into this, being so, the only woman in the room? 
Um, well, yes, and shame on me. You know, I didn't have my marketing hat on. I certainly should say what we do. Um, but uh, in short, short, down and dirty, we install production machine, machines and move production machines. Again, as you said, primarily in the manufacturing sector. Um, but um, if it's big and heavy and awkward, um, we'll move it. Uh, we work for the local hospitals, uh, power plants. So our, our customer... Um, our customers are as varied as the skills and talent that we have. Um, so in 1992, when I would walk into a room, I was without a doubt the only woman in the room. Um, and uh, whether I was at, at an event or um, invited to sit on a committee, and I would say back in the beginning, um, I did a lot of talking, as I always do. I don't think many people listened, um, but I, I, I kind of <laughs> stayed there and, and just uh, decided that I wasn't, my goal was not to create a company that was based because we were a woman-owned business, but that we were going to create our company based because we were good. And when someone says to me, who's your competition? Um, without hesitation, I always say, well, we really don't have competition. There, there are other companies that do what we do, but nobody does it the way we do it and as, and as well as we do it. Mm -hmm. Over the years, the women have entered the boardroom. I'm, I'm very, um, very happy and very proud for that. But it's only been in the last maybe five to eight years. Um, but prior to that, yes. I learned to wear pinstripe suits and I learned to just try to blend the best that I could. Hmm. I don't think that's a word that comes to mind when I think about you, but that, that's me okay. and blending. <laughs> blending. Uh, well, anyway. let, me, let me say that 29 years later, um, and this is a very recent accomplishment. Um, we, our leadership team at Chickabee Industrial is female, 100% female. Um, and uh, we have two female um, operators that uh, um, can operate our heavy equipment um, and one, um, although I'm counting her twice, but um, who is a welder. But we are, we're putting some more, some more pinholes in that, in that, in that glass ceiling and, and very proud of it. And well, I'll, let's I'll, talk a little more about that, that glass ceiling. That's a word that... Um, most people think is in the past uh, a phrase that we used, you know, back in the nineties and maybe even a little bit last decade, but um, there isn't a glass ceiling anymore, but I think you and many other women know better than that, that, that there still is and that many opportunities are still not open to women or as open as you would like. And this has been a part of your focus over the last several years to work with groups uh, devoted to women and girls to open their eyes to opportunities and help them realize those opportunities. Can you talk about that a little bit? Sure. And yes, there is a glass ceiling and, and we are constantly hitting our head on it. So um, I think we've made great strides, um, but I also um, feel in my experience over the last 28 years, the last eight or nine years, I felt that glass ceiling coming down a little more, even as women were entering into the boardroom, uh, there were pockets of um, in, in my world that um, really would have preferred to not have the women enter, enter into their workplace. Um, 
For me, I, I think when we when we spoke when we were interviewed, my my changes happened um, when my oldest granddaughter was born, um, and she's now fifteen. Hard to believe. And as I held her uh, and looked at her and made all those promises that a grandmother makes, uh, one of them was, I don't, you know, you can be whatever you want to be. And that was, I felt a huge thing to be able to say to a, a young, a little girl, baby, um, because she could, she could be a ballerina if that's what she so choose. And I would, and we respect that, but she could also be a CEO of a rigging company, because there I was holding her. And um, at that time, uh, it just went off to me and said, so, okay, so I'm doing all this for me and the people around me and the company, but I think I need to be doing more um, because I do do not want the grandchildren to be fighting the fights that we've been fighting and quite honestly that my mother was fighting. Um, so that is when I... Uh, made a conscious effort to shift a lot of my volunteer work um, to women's organizations. Um, that's when I joined the uh, board of the Women's Fund of Western Mass. I'm active with Girls Inc. I'm active with Dress, Dress for Success. All programs that are helping um, helping at the young age so that the young girls will find their voice younger, not when they're in their 30s and 40s, um, and, and know that they can do whatever they, whatever they want to do, and somebody should not be telling them that they're, they're not. Mm -hmm. You talk very often about that phrase, uh, finding your voice. But what exactly does that mean to you, and how do more women find their voice? How do more men find their voice, for that matter? Well, yes, in both. Um, well, this isn't where I was going with this interview, but I do recall years ago um, looking at some statistics of um, uh, all, all female schools versus co-ed versus all male. And um, one of the uh, comments that came out of one of the studies that I read was that in an all female school, whether um, high school or college, uh, the, the, the females, the, the women felt that they could speak up um, because they were with their peers. So there, there wasn't that intimidation. There wasn't that need to have to have to win Chris. Um, I, 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 want, I think that women need to find that sooner <laughs> um, and that the, we need to understand that really there is not a big difference between males and females. We, you know, we both put our pants on the same way. Uh, we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses. And the most important thing I've always felt to, to help people that I try to mentor is you need to know your weaknesses as much as your strengths, because if you can't acknowledge your weakness, you, you don't know where to grow or where to surround yourself. So as I ramble on, um, I think <laughs> that the younger, uh, what, what, what we want to teach the younger women through education and through um, experiences, through whether it's a conversation with, with other women or um, in the field or in the classroom or in the laboratory, is that their opinion is their opinion and it is as good and as strong as anyone else's, whether it's male or female, and that they just need to learn that it's okay to share the voice. What we've done for years, um, I felt in parenting with our 
young girls is that we've tried to squelch when they couldn't fit in that round hole in the square peg, which very much was me <laughs> as a junior high and high school student. Um, and so when you did speak up, you were the, the, the child that, uh, that was acting out. Now we encourage it and we just teach everyone. We have a rule at our company. Anybody can say anything that they want um, as long as it's with respect. Um, and my door is always open. So male or female, you can come in, you can talk through your problems. And if you're frustrated, that's fine. When we go out into the world, we are a team and we work together. And that is, that is when we speak as one, but we have the right to speak, um, speak as individuals in the team. Speaking of your company, uh, more than a few people there have talked about you being a role model and a mentor. Let's talk about those, those two things. Do you, do you do a lot of mentoring, either officially or unofficially? And after that, talk about that phrase role model, what that means to you and whether you consider yourself one. So I'm, I'm very honored and I was very pleased that Deb Dart, um, who is our um, director of operations now, um, nominated me, uh, wrote a nomination for me for Women of Impact. Deb has worked with, with us, with me, since she was 16 years old. I'm not going to divulge her um, age right now, but she was a file clerk that came to us from Chickabee High. And... There was so much potential in this young woman um, and her, she, her, her, her dreams were um, to, her, her dreams weren't big enough, I didn't think. Um, and and that's, not, uh, that's not to say anything against Deb. But, so we worked, we've worked together. She's left four times to have four children um, and she left once to, to move to another area but always kept in contact with me, never worked, certainly never worked for a, com a competitor. And I have made it a conscious um, effort on my part to take her strengths and let her see what they were. She's, she's probably the nicest, sweetest um, person that, that I've ever met. Um, and I've told her that she need, her voice just needs to be stronger. Um, she doesn't need to apologize if something doesn't go right. It's not her fault, um, and that she needs to understand the 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 strength of her voice and make, but always make sure that she's coming from a position of knowledge. Let me tell you right now, Deb has a voice, and she's a very strong voice at CIC, and she is very much our future. So, so it was a unconscious conscious effort um, to mentor. Um, and yes, uh, I have other, um, uh, Liz, Liz, our project manager has been with us for about a year and a half, um, came with a, um, an, an interesting, um, very interesting resume. And, um, so we have worked together a lot in a, and again, a conscious unconsciousness. So... <laughs> Uh, yet I have done a, um, a lot of mentoring where it's right out there. So I, I, right now I'm mentoring with, in addition to the uh, people at CIC, um, three um, other uh, people, two women, one man. Um, and uh, one of the women is in Berlin. So 
I've gone international with my. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. So in the minute or so that we have left, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you because your business is kind of a good barometer of what's happening with the economy. And what, what do you see happening out there as we look to 21, 2021, the next quarter, the next few quarters? What can you see out there? So there's a lot of buzz that's going on right now because there are, there are uh, there's a lot of money out there. So and, and some of that money is doing what it's supposed to do, which is uh, stimulating the economy. So we're finding that a lot of our customers are ex- expanding their production lines, updating their production lines. So it's been a um, a good quarter. Um, we're we're into the second uh, second quarter, but um, uh, I again I always say I'm very cautiously optimistic because we still um, when it stops it stops every. Every recession we've had, and I've had way too many, George, um, but um, when it stopped, it stopped. So um, we, as you had mentioned in the article, we are fortunate enough uh, to have had the benefit of uh, PPP, which helped us through last year um, and even made us stronger um, because we used it for training and organizing and getting ourselves even more efficient. So my my projection um, is I still think we're in for a bumpy a bumpy road, but um, certainly not what 20 was. Uh, but, I, but I think we're heading for um, the, the opposite of uh, what we had and a little bit of a... Okay. Well, thank you very much for that insight. Uh, I know I could always count on you for a lot of that. You've got a good read on what's going on out there. I love talking to you. We've talked many times over the years. And we'll talk again. Uh, I want to congratulate you again for Women of Impact. I think you've done some great work out there to help women find their voice. And and like you said, understand that they can do anything they want. Now we just got to get the rest of the world to understand that too. So yes, we'll yes. be a lot better off. You know, baby steps and little holes and the little pinholes in the uh, glass ceiling is, and if we can all do that, then, you know, so, um, everything helps. But thank you, George. I always enjoy talking to you. Thank you. Have a good day. And thank you everyone for listening. This has been another episode of Business Talk, a podcast presented by Business West in partnership with Living Local. I'm George O'Brien, the editor of Business West Magazine. Thank you again, and we'll see you next time.